Well, the Vegas Golden Knights far superior to the Edmonton Oilers tonight. 4-0 is the final. The Oilers are shut out for the second time this season. Laurent Brassois, 28 saves, his third career shutout, first of the season. So Vegas upping its record to 28-16-3. The Oilers dropped to 23-17-3. They did have a six-game point streak going 5-0-1 in their previous six. That gets snapped tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, uh, I mean, looking back on this one, for, for me anyway, I'm curious what, what you think. First of all, very good game by Vegas, but things really changed in my mind when they got that shorthanded goal with 3.05 left in the first, and that made it 2 nothing. Well, yes, because we're sitting up here in the press box, and I'm sure the fans and certainly the bench was thinking, okay, the Oilers have got a good chance to tie the game up after after the first. They got a power play late in the period. They get the goal here. They feel good about themselves going in between periods, and then uh, a couple of mistakes. First, Barry gets the shot blocked, which you can't do when you're the high guy because you don't have a safety net, and then he gets beat back by the second player. Uh, he probably wasn't going to catch Riley Smith, the, the player that blocked the shot, but he, could, he shouldn't have let the second guy get by him. Carlson, that's the guy that scored the goal. So instead of a breakaway, Mike Smith had to worry about two guys on a 2 on 0 and he had no chance. So to me, yeah, that's where the game turned. And all of a sudden, Vegas, over the going into the last 40 minutes with a two-goal lead, this is a veteran team that knows how to win hockey games. And we saw that. They got better as the game went on. Well, I thought they were very good. I mean, the Oilers had trouble generating much i mean i know the shots wound up even at 28 28 the oilers did have more shot attempts but you expect that in a game where it's three nothing uh three three oh five into the into the uh into the second period and, and to me you just saw vegas I, I mean, there were times it looked like they had seven skaters on the ice. I mean, an oiler would get the puck, try to bring it through the neutral zone, two guys on him, no, nowhere to pass it to, dump it down, Vegas is first back, and, and they're bringing it the other way right away. Well, a couple things you saw in this game. Vegas played the game in layers, so that if, for example, if Connor has the puck, he'll beat the first guy, but there's a second guy already waiting. And if he's trying to beat the second guy, there's a third guy coming. So there was layers of players. They didn't, they didn't allow any of their players to be one-on-one. -on -one. So that gives you a better chance of facing Connor and Leon and Kane and, and Hyman and, and so forth. And the other thing the, the Vegas Golden Knights did, they gave up shots, but they didn't give up second opportunities. And they didn't give up glorious grade A scoring chances. And what they did was they waited for the Oilers to pressure and then they went back the other way. And a number of times, I mean, it was a 4 nothing game, and there had to have been three other partial breakaways, three or four two-on-ones. Like, there was a lot of odd man breaks. Now, I know the Oilers are pressuring, and they've got to push the pace, and they've got to take chances, but Vegas just played into that. And uh, they were very good at blocking shots, and then they had guys taking off and did a good job uh, creating those chances. Vegas is a good hockey club. They're going to get better. They're going to get Eichel back, or they're going to get Eichel for to start because they haven't had him yet. Uh, they've got a couple good defensemen like a Martinez who's not in the lineup. Vegas is the team that anyone out of the Pacific has to go through eventually if they want to move on in the playoffs. And, well, and I'm wondering too. I, I like. I, I don't want to overemphasize this game, but I do think it is a bit of a benchmark game for for Edmonton. I mean, you just you just said it. Vegas was expected to be the class of the mm -hmm. division. And the Oilers were expected to finish second. We'll see what happens there. If I, I, I think watching this game and looking at the rosters and some of the other recent results, I think the biggest difference between these two teams is the quality of the defense, one through six. 
Absolutely. Uh, Vegas, uh, they've got some experience on their back end. They're a big physical back end. I, I mean, Hyman, he had that, who was it, just about killed him, that Dylan Coughlin came through, and, and that was a big hit. Uh, they, they play a structured game. They don't get rattled in, the, in their defensive zone, and they're going to get even better when Martinez gets in the lineup. Another yeah. Stanley Cup winning defense. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Some shots and net drive stuff that uh, overpassed it, overlooked, and... The execution wasn't near at the level we needed to be at. Do you, what do you attribute that to? Because they sounded ready. You know, they were on a roll heading into the break. and then. Yeah, I just, I don't know, the five days off or whatever it is, for whatever reason, we just, uh, part of it, Vegas, they, they, you know, they come at you hard. They're a hard four-checking team. And started first shift of the game, Boost turned it over twice, and then they get two chances. I mean, you just, you got to be, you got to be solid with the puck. You know it's going to be a hard game. You got your time is going to time and space is going to be at a premium. You have to be able to execute at that level, and we didn't do it enough tonight. Dave, when you talk about lack of execution, I assume you're talking about the power play too. I just wonder what you make of of your work on the man advantage tonight. Well, we're minus one on it, so that's not ideal. Um, any particular reason that you found that it wasn't clicking tonight? Overpassing, not you know, not not taking advantage of maybe some shooting opportunities. Probably a little of it all. Yeah, there's there's opportunities when you can get the puck to the net. We had some opportunities, didn't finish them. It's been a long layoff for for Mike Smith. How did you feel like he fared tonight and a lot of high quality chances that he faced? Well, we we gave up some great A's. He had a two on O. The first one's a two on one. You know, we got to get him back up and going. And uh, third period, I thought he battled. He made some good saves in the third period. But so, first one in a while for him. We got to get him. We got to get him up and going. Dave, is this one of those games where you're hoping at least you had one line that was really going and you could almost maybe drag them, the rest of the team, in the game? You didn't really have one line that was you could keep putting out there, putting out there, putting out there. Yeah, we, you're you're looking for somebody to give you a spark and jump out there. And but you know we got down early in the game, and you're chasing the game. You know you're they're playing a solid road game and you're chasing the game. You're trying to find somebody to give you a spark, but. Uh, didn't find it. Thank you. Dave, you mentioned execution. How much of that is in the defensive awareness zone? Vegas had, according to Sport Logic, like 16 shots from the slot tonight, like lots of good chances. Yeah. Was that mistiming, bad uh, bad reads, bad passing? What did you see in the defense? I think uh, a, lot of a lot of turnovers that led to quick chances against. You know, you look at the, well, you look at the ones, the, the 2 on 0, the Two on one, and you look at how many chances when we turned the puck over. I think uh, Barry turned it over once, once more. Boost turned it over in there. Nursey turned one over in there. You're you're just looking. You're you're giving chances away. Your forwards are taking off, thinking we're going, and the puck's not getting to them. And you're going to end up giving some some chances in your own zone, and that's that's what happened. You move the uh, forward lines around. Is there any thought about trying different defense pairs? Yeah, we've thought a lot about it. Will we see any tomorrow, maybe? Mm, possibly. We'll see. All right. Thanks, okay. That's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after a 4 nothing loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I, 
I've been in that situation. you got to ask the question, but he's probably <laughs> not going to tip off the lineup for tomorrow night's game out right after this one. He, uh, he made an interesting comment. Uh, Jason Greger asked about the shots from the slot. Yep. And I and I do think, you know, whether you, you track it yourself or on a website or you just use the good old-fashioned eye test, um, the Oilers, even sometimes when they win games, give up more grade-A opportunities or odd man rushes than the other team. And, and, and the way Tippett described it there I think is very relevant. The, the, the quick turnovers when the forwards are expecting the puck to be advanced up ice and then it's the puck is already in a situation where the opposition today, the, today the Golden Knights, can get a quick shot on goal. It's not like Vegas gets a turnover but then still has to complete two passes before they can shoot. Teams are often in a position to do it right away. Well, the one thing that we talked about at the end of the first period is the Vegas Golden Knights are a team that has struggled to score goals. They, they've dominated games. They've held the shot clock advantage in games, but they haven't scored. So when you're playing against a team that's not putting the puck in the net and has some uh, confidence problems w- with scoring... Don't make it easier for them. And that's what we saw in the first period time and time again where they would turn the puck over and all of a sudden a Vegas team that struggles to score now is on a 2-on-1 or a 2-on-0 or a breakaway. And it's quick. The players don't even have time to think. So that's the best kind of turnover where all of a sudden, all right, here's a scoring chance. I mean, there's a great example. Uh, Vegas turned the puck over. The Cassian backdoor play. Vegas did the same thing. The defenseman turned the puck over. All the Vegas forwards are gone. And when that McLeod makes a great play, gets it down quickly to Dreisaitl, now it's a two-on-0. Mm-hmm. You just can't make those kind of plays. And the Oilers did it too many times tonight. And, and Vegas is good. Uh, they create turnovers. They force you. They pressure you. But you've got to be smart with where you're putting the puck. If you can't see a guy's stick, put it off the glass. No coach will ever get mad at you for dumping the puck. Forget it, as you used to always say, punt. Just punt. We'll regroup, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start again. Don't force something that's not there. That played into the Vegas Golden Knights game plan, and they got grade-A scoring chance after grade-A scoring chance in the third period. I bet you alone in the third period they had seven or eight, and Mike Smith made some big saves. So the others have got to clean that up when they play against the Blackhawks tomorrow. Well, and the return of Mike Smith is our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. Smith stops 24 out of 28, did make some really good saves, uh, but, I mean, no goalie's going to like uh, the save percentage if you allow four goals on 28 shots. It was interesting, the short side over the shoulder <laughs> to make it 4 nothing, not as significant as the one Koskinen gave up uh, that's just last the way, week in yeah, overtime. That's the way goalies like play. Said, that's, uh, I mean... I, I mean, I, I would think they're going to play Skinner tomorrow. I, I don't know if he's well, going to come know, back I, with Smith. I, I, I don't know. I, I would have said that, yes. Until Dave Tippett three times said, we got to get him back up and running. Yeah. we got to get him back up and running. So the only problem is, is you wonder if fatigue is an issue because he's been off so long to play him back-to-back. Uh, he's not going to play three, or four, three out of four, I wouldn't think. Not when you play three games in four nights. That's, that's hard on players, let alone a goalie. Uh, to me, the simple way is you, you put Skinner in. Uh, they, who do they play? The Islanders the game Islanders after that? Islanders Friday, yep. So tomorrow's game is the easiest, if you can call any game in the National Hockey League nowadays easy. The Islanders are a very good hockey club that are tough to play against. Uh, I would throw Skinner in against the Blackhawks and then come back with Smith against the Islanders. But, I mean, you and I are batting about, you know, <laughs> 150 if we were baseball players with picking the goaltenders for Dave Tippett. The power play tonight. 
I mean, the special teams didn't decide the game necessarily, but they they were a factor for sure. As we update the power plays for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. Uh, Vegas 0-for-1 on the power play, but they scored right after the Oilers killed it off because the Oilers botched an opportunity they had with Nurse coming out of the penalty box, and Edmonton goes 0-for-3, plus allowing a shorthanded goal. So like uh, Washington, a big minus on the power play a week ago, that's the situation the Oilers were in tonight. And uh, were there enough pucks to the net? There wasn't. First, before we go that way, I got a very, very reliable source, somebody that does that knows the game and does play-by-play for some team in the National Hockey League, just said that Skinner is going tomorrow. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, No, the Oilers didn't get enough pucks on net. They, they, they didn't. He, you've got Bouchard with the big shot from the back end. Uh, simplify your power play. Let him shoot the puck. Uh, and, 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 and here's what I would do. Every time Evander Kane is on the ice, I would fire a puck at Evander Kane because everything that goes by him, he touches. There was two or three times tonight where the puck came close to him and he deflected and had good scoring chances. So when Kane's on the ice, fire the puck on ice. The Oilers spent uh, a lot of time on their power play going around the outside looking for that perfect play. And teams now are just bottling up. They're just pulling four guys back, and they're saying, all right, you, that guy up at the top of the blue line, that's your guy. If he can score from there, all the more power to him, but we're not letting you go backdoor. We're not letting you go cross ice. Every As fans here in Edmonton and, and media guys, We've seen what Leon Dreisaitl can do with a one-timer. And he could be on the goal line. He could be feet below the goal line, and he can score. But if we've seen it, every team in the National Hockey League has too. They're not letting that happen because the goalie has no chance because he can't get over there quick enough. But the goalie has a chance if the puck comes from the blue line. So that's what they're giving you. So take it. And once you take two, once Bouchard shoots once or twice, they're going to respect that because it's a heavy shot. The forwards are going to get pulled out. That's going to open up the cross ice, the, the cross seam passes. But I think you're passing up when you're trailing in a game like the others were. That's when you want to throw even more shots on that. And I think the others uh, wasted some really good opportunities to get back in this hockey game by not putting pucks on that. Golden Knights beat the Oilers 4-0 tonight. James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results, giving a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal this season, the total sitting at $14,200. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We have Will standing by. Will, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. Good to be back uh, to see a, a Oiler game. Uh, just a couple comments. Um, tonight's game, I thought that uh, the the playmaking that needs to happen all over the ice uh, wasn't there for the most part. Uh, I think Bouchard was uh, uh, one of the victims, I guess, or the, the suspects in, in that regard, but making the smart play. Uh, I think that, to me, that that's a winning recipe. But when you don't make the smart play all over the ice, you, you tend to lose. But on another note, uh, just had a question. Uh, your thoughts on why uh, Perlini is not in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. He seems to have a good uh, toolkit, yet uh, the opportunity hasn't been there. And uh, just wondering if, you know, a guy like him would be slotted in maybe in replace of Yamamoto you know on the top line or something or second line but uh, 
I guess opportunity-wise, what's the coach? You know, what, what are your thoughts yeah. on the coach and why he's uh, not in the lineup most often? That's a good question. Well, actually, second game in a row we've been asked. But the first of all, his first point was bang on execution. And Tippett, yes. Tippett mentioned that. You, I mean, yeah. I mean, you say it all the time. It's it's tough to play in the NHL, <laughs> but you got to make the plays to keep your team in it. Perlini, Perlini's an interesting case. Um, I mean, he wasn't in the NHL last year mm-hmm. for a reason. Yep. Um, I guess, and and I like a lot of the things he's done. I, mm-hmm. I think his effort's been there. His his release, he might have the second best release on the team after Leon. Yeah, for, I agree. For forwards, yep. Uh, I, I guess, and then Tippett hasn't commented on him recently. Did the coaches trust him five on five as much as other players? Well, he, he's the only players he's competing against. He would be competing against Shore and, and Ryan. Those are the only players that he's going to play ahead of in the lineup. They went out and traded for Fogle. They're not, he's not playing ahead of him. He's not playing ahead of Yamamoto. It, I, I know that there are some people that love Yamo. There's some that don't, but he's never going to play against uh, ahead of Yamamoto. So you're thinking, okay, what does he bring? He's not going to play in your power play. He's got zero chance of getting on the power play. He doesn't penalty kill. So now he's a guy that doesn't play power play, doesn't play penalty kill. Now you're on the fourth line. Fourth line, five on five minutes are five or six minutes because the other minutes that they get they're they're penalty killing short penalty kills ryan penalty kills it's hard to find him time and i think that's the problem for perlini i like him i do and i he's a guy that's an easy fix if someone's injured in your top six you can put him out there and give him some extended minutes playing with players that move the puck and create opportunities because he can finish but for him it's just the setup of this team right now the addition of kane hurt Perlini because Kane is a guy that shoots the puck and scores. Everyone moves down a little bit and that knocks Perlini out. So I do not see Perlini getting back in the lineup anytime soon unless there's an injury. Yeah, well, and if he does, is he in the top six or even the top nine? I I don't know if he is. I mean, I think they they want to give the players that they have going through the top nine that look and it's not always fair but you look well they drafted Pugliarvi they drafted yeah. Yamamoto they drafted McLeod usually in any sport those guys get well it, it, their skill their skill set is is higher than Perlini's uh Perlini he he's got skill but he doesn't have consistency at the National Hockey League level uh, Perlini would be better off if he reinvented himself as a penalty killer or became a, a more physical player then you would find it like a Fogel. Fogel's a physical player. That's what he's brought in to do. To do. That's why he can play on the fourth line without being a penalty killer because he can give you that kind of game. Perlini is a an offensive player that has better offensive players ahead of him in the lineup. All right, we got a break here for the news and weather. Obviously, a lot of news today, so David Bowles is going to get you caught up on that. We'll have more post game reaction. Oilers fall four nothing to the Golden Knights. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Down the right side, Dodonov goes to the net. Save made by Smith. Puck in front of the net. Now one was stopped by Duncan Keith. It was a wide open goal for a moment. Duncan Keith made the save. Puck in behind the Oiler goal. Yeah, crazy sequence there late in the second period. It's our save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Smith and then Duncan Keith preventing another goal by the Vegas Golden Knights who had enough tonight. They win it 4 Nothing as uh, Duncan Keith. Well, that was his only blocked shot of the game, bro. Well, it was or a big just, one. It was a big one. Would have been a goal. Uh, 26 blocked shots tonight by the Vegas Golden Knights. The Oilers had 14 blocks. 
Yeah, Vegas came with a committed game plan. Uh, you know, it wasn't perfect. They made mistakes as well, and Brassal had to make a couple saves to to make up for the mistake that was made ahead of them. But they they got pucks in deep. They had a, a plan today. They were going to stretch the Oilers out. They're they if they, they got the puck of defenseman, they fired it all the way to the blue line, and they would tip it in. Uh, they knew what they wanted to do. They they blocked shots. They didn't give up second opportunities. There was layers every time Connor or Leon trying to beat someone. There was a second guy there, so nobody had to get caught one-on-one against them. Uh, it was a well-played road game by the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, this doesn't decide who wins the division, who wins the conference, anything like that. But it certainly goes a long way in, in helping Vegas in their search for the division title. That extra two points, every time they play each other, it's a four-point game. They've now extended the lead to 10 points against the Edmonton Oilers with the Oilers having four games at hand. So this was an important game for Vegas. Looking around the NHL for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. 14 minutes left in the third. Vancouver is up 3-1 on Arizona. Ottawa wins at home 4-3 against the Hurricanes. They were up 4 nothing, and uh, the Hurricanes rallied a bit in the third but couldn't get it done. Penguins beat the Bruins 4-2. Brad Marchand, so Tristan Jari was going to flip the puck to fans in the stands. Yep, I, I saw that one. Marchand yep. slashed the puck off his stick. And then... Well, then, actually, he got... Then he picked the puck up, and he kind of threw it at the ref, yeah. too. And late in the game, after a goal scramble, which... Watching the replay, it, the play had kind of died down, and then Marchand reaches around the player who was checking him and punched Jari in the face, and then then after that scrum died down, he skidded by Jari and poked him in the face. Yeah, so I'm not even sure which one was the match penalty because there's a few things that he did. It's just dumb. Just dumb. And while you were talking there, JT Miller just picked the puck up behind his own net and went the length of the ice around four Arizona Coyotes and scored an Unbelievable goal to give the Canucks a 4-1 lead. Thanks for that, Rob. I had not seen that. As uh, New Jersey wins big in Montreal, 7-1. Montreal just with eight wins on the season. Blue Jackets over the Capitals, 5-4. The former Oil King, Trey Fix-Wolanski, scores his first-ever NHL goal. Good for him. Jets beat the Wild 2-0 in a game that featured some nastiness and maybe a suspension coming from Marcus Foligno. Yeah, he should be suspended as uh, there's a lot of video evidence of him kneeing Lowry in the head. He was mad and angry and he took it out on the head of Lowry, but you can't do that. That should be a suspension. And just on the Trey Fix, Walansky, I had him at uh, St. FX oh, right. Hockey Academy, so I've known him a long time. So congratulations goes out to him and his family. That's Unbelievable! He scored his first ever National Hockey League goal. Yeah, good for him. He was uh, a great representative of the Oil Kings when he was here, so good for him to get on the score sheet. And his former team, the Oil Kings, played here. The Hockey Hooky game started at 11 this morning. They beat Regina 6-3. Now, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to 630ched.com and look for the Japanese Village Goal Light and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu Visit jvedmonton.ca. But the Oilers skunked tonight, losing 4 nothing to the Vegas Golden Knights. We will go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Frank standing by. Hi, Frank. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Interesting game tonight. I'm going to focus my attention on the coach. And uh, the reason is that I watched the game and then I saw him comment afterwards. And he's sounding tired. His, his reasons for everything... Uh, we're chasing the game, which is true, obviously. And they've had a week off to work on simplifying things, as Rob would say. 
and they just can't seem to simplify things. And when they don't play simple hockey, they make mistakes, and the other team cashes in every time they make a mistake. I think Tippett has lost this team. Uh, He looks or he feels or he sounds to me like a guy that, whether he's fired now or at the end of the season, he's reached the end of his tenure with this team. I mean, Vegas is a team that we got to be able to go through to make hay in the playoffs and no emotion tonight. Literally, I thought they were pathetic. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, they didn't work on things for a week because they only practiced yesterday after Wednesday. Uh, I I don't think, again, I I don't think that there'll be a decision about Dave Tippett's future until the end of the season, quite frankly. Well, his contract's up, and it's going to be based on playoffs. Uh, When the Oilers went through their stretch where they had two wins in 15 games, uh, Ken Holland, if there was going to be a change with the coaching staff, it would have been during that time. And you know that Ken Holland would have talked to his superstars. He would have talked to his leadership group. He would have talked to Leon and Connor and Nurse and Mike Smith. And he would have got input on them, what they think of the coaching staff. And from everything that I have heard, and with the fact that nothing was done, that this co- this, these players, this team, likes their coach. And tonight was not a great game, but it, it, it's one game. The Oilers had played very well through their last six. This is going to be a roller coaster this season. I said at the beginning of the year that this team would be the second. I thought they would come in second in their division. I said when they lost all those games in a row, I still said that this is a playoff hockey club. They're going to go through ups and downs. They've got great parts of their game. There's things on this team that, that needs fixing, and they, there's players that probably could come in and help this team. But I, I have no... Uh, doubt that Dave Tippett has the the, the, t- the dressing room and that's not an issue. When the team doesn't play well, sometimes teams don't play well and tonight that was for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean I, I get it. I, I realize he uses the chasing the game term a lot. That's because they're always behind. <laughs> and, and I understand why that might be uh, frustrating to fans uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, they, they've talked a lot about giving up the first goal and different things they've done to try to address it. And then Tippett even said a couple of weeks ago that they finally just stopped talking about it because <laughs> you can't, that can't be the only thing you're, you're talking about the entire time. But yeah, um, I, I, again, I, I think you're right, Rob. I, I think that there'll be a decision at the end of the year. And I think we'll know from the playoffs what's going to happen it'll probably be relatively apparent depending on their their fate (laughs) in the postseason i mean i think another uh first round exit if they only win you know no games or one game like they did respectively in the last two years then i then i don't think the coach would be back but yeah and that's in any team every team at the end of the season they evaluate the the owner evaluates what he thinks his gm's doing and then the gm will evaluate his players and his coaching staff and there's high expectations from this team. The, the ownership and the management believe this is a team that can uh, go through a few rounds, if not challenge, in the playoffs. And if they don't do that, well, then they're going to be not satisfied. And that's when changes are going to have to be made. And you have a coach that's on an expiring contract. So uh, Dave Tippett's contract, next contract with the Edmonton Oilers, will be based on what the Oilers do in playoff time. So uh, I am sure that he's putting everything forward right now trying to get this team prepared for the playoffs because the, that's the step that they need to take. They will, they're going to be a playoff team every year. They've got enough talent. No matter what happens with this team, they will be a playoff team, but they want to be more than just that. Yeah, it, you know, so I was just, I mean, Peter DeBoer is on his fourth team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, there are times it, it just runs out. Um, 
I, I again, I, I know people like throwing that term around. Well, the, you know, he's lost the room. He's lost the room. Well, okay, if he's lost the room, they don't go 5-0-1 in their last no. six games. And let's face it, he's looked like a better coach since Kane, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hyman all, came sort, of, yes. all sort of came back around the same time. I, I, and, and again, we've we've picked some of the things about Tippett and, and his staff yeah. apart. Player, you know, player usage and, 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 you know, switching lines too soon, not soon enough for sure. Uh, he's not perfect, but I, I mean... You could find that the, about the Van, any coach. The Vancouver Canucks, you know, you talk to most people in Vancouver... They, they stop playing for Travis. Yes. Well, I, I've been on teams where the coach has lost the room, and I've played teams when you know the other team has given up on their coach. It's apparent. And, it, I mean, even tonight's game, the, the, there was a, a – it wasn't that the Oilers didn't bring an, a, an effort. Uh, to, to me, a lot of the things that went wrong with the Oilers tonight was between their ears. They just made mental mistakes. And that's not because you, you're mad at the coach. That's simply player just – not having his his head screwed on right and, and making poor decisions and that's what happened tonight so there's not a Dave Tippett is going to be the coach the remainder of the season this team is going to push to have a good playoff run and at the end of the season when it's all said and done what the Oilers do at that time will decide whether Dave Tippett comes back next year or not Oilers lose four nothing to the Vegas Golden Knights Nick Gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement bet on it. He took the under for combined points for Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, which I said at two and a half, and obviously it winds up at zero. We have Patrick on the line as well. Go ahead, Patrick. Hey there, guys. You know, I want, I'm watching game for the last couple of time, last couple of games. I think it's just a caution. You know, I don't, I don't understand he's unreliable, but as a goaltender in lacrosse, you play the goaltender that's hot. And right now, he's the hottest goaltender we got right now. You know, he's had some bad games, but you know what? Yeah, but he's in COVID protocol. He couldn't play tonight. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. He's out for this week. But even having said that, though, Mike Smith was playing no matter what. They, I think they believe... I understand that. that. Well, the the problem is they they don't... They believe that if this Oilers team is to go anywhere in the playoffs, it's going to be on the back of Mike Smith. And if he's not capable of getting to the standard that he set last year, then they're going to have to go out and and find another goalie at the deadline. I think they have feel in their hearts or in their gut that Koskinen, as good as he is, as, as he could be as a backup goaltender, he's not the guy that they want leading them in the playoffs. So even if he has been playing as well of late, Mike Smith was going to play because they want to see what he's going to be able to do the remainder of the season. All right, Oilers lose 4 nothing to the Golden Knights. We've got to call a quick timeout. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Howden at 9.59 of the first. Carlson shorthanded at 16.55 in the second period. Petrangelo at 3.05. 14 seconds into the third. Riley Smith and the Golden Knights beat the Oilers 4-0. Laurent Brassois, 28 saves for his third career shutout. As the Oilers start a three-game homestand with a loss, we'll go back to the Certainteed Hotline, and we have Mike standing by. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good. That's good. Yeah, I'm just, uh, uh, I don't think we have that mental mentality that, uh, I don't, I don't think we're, we're, we're good anymore. I don't, I don't think we have that, that mentality with the, the group. Like what, we what, had what good, mentality do you mean exactly? Like, uh, we're, we're, we're not a playoff team. Like, it's just, we're not good enough for these other teams that come down and, like we're just getting whipped almost. So what? What, every what game. about the? Uh, what like what mentality do you mean though is is missing? What what mentality uh, is there? Like, 
we we just need to, you know, man up and just play hockey and get in there and just uh, not feel like we're a sucky team. That's what I think the Oilers think. Like, they have two of the best players in the NHL, but that's about it. Okay, thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers will be back at it tomorrow against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who they did play here uh, earlier this season. Chicago not having a great season, and well, speaking of mentality, I hope the Oilers come out a little angry tomorrow after this game. Uh, well, they should, uh, they're, and they're they're playing against a team that is, has struggled on the season and a team that they should beat. It's funny that the Oilers this year have had these streaks where they they were uh, you, they couldn't lose and then they couldn't win and right now you don't want to get into the street going the wrong way the islanders are sitting there waiting they'll play them on friday uh, they are a good hockey club so you don't want to you know falter against the blackhawks then all of a sudden have to beat a good team just to stay out of a three-game losing streak uh, the others just they weren't good enough at executing today and i think that was the biggest thing that you saw early in this game they they didn't execute well with their passes they turned the puck over created easy scoring chances for the for the Vegas Golden Knights, you don't want to do that against Chicago, a team that uh, also has struggled, and don't make it any easier than it is. Uh, the others, the other, I, I believe the others are going to come out with a good effort tomorrow. I think they might be a little upset with the one they had tonight and maybe a little embarrassed, and I think they'll try to take it out on the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. With uh, okay, al- allowing goals off the rush, and, and scoring chances really off the rush and you know three of their goals tonight came off the rush uh yeah i mean it's something that <clears throat> we uh we know we need to take care of and we've been working on it and uh tonight we let it slip a little bit and um first two are basically two breakaways so i mean it's uh or even two on all so it's uh it's it's tough on smitty and uh we obviously need to clean that area up and, and be better tomorrow uh, you guys have been running pretty hot heading into the All-Star break. Um, can you kind of pinpoint why things were, were a little off today? Was it, uh, I mean, both teams are rusty, so it isn't that, but can you just kind of, uh, you know, why you didn't look like the team you looked like before the All-Star break? Uh, well, I think I think we were working. I mean, obviously, it was, <clears throat> it was we made the bigger mistakes, and they capitalized on those mistakes. And, I mean, we, we were pushing early, and, even in the second period, and um, we couldn't find a way to uh, beat Brissois there. So, I mean, it's uh, it's frustrating to, to come back from a break and and, uh, and start off like that. But at the same time, we play tomorrow. Um, there's no time to dwell on it. We uh, we know we can be better and limit our mistakes and uh, and move on here. Maybe maybe for Zach, is this you know people look at this? Is this a, like a measuring stick game where you look at where you guys need to be moving forward if you want to be in? It's kind of that heavyweight division of the Pacific. Yeah, I mean, we played them twice before. We beat them twice in Vegas. So, you know, I think we're, we're a really capable team. But obviously, uh, in the standings, it's a divisional game where we're chasing them and we have games in hand, and that's a big one. So, uh, you know, you don't want to lose that one. But I think we're, we're really confident in our group and uh, just a sloppy game, I think, from us, and, and we got better. You just addressed it a bit there, Zach, but did, did you feel like you know, you had what you wanted in the early going and then mistakes kind of took it away from you a little bit? Or what did you what did you make of your start? Because I know that's a focus. Yeah, I thought our start was good. I thought was, there was a lot of almost plays. You know, we, we just missed on on a play or, or you're just this half second late and your timing is a little bit off. And 
Um, and then those, you know, half-second plays lead to chances and goals, right? I think that we're just we're just a little bit sloppy in that sense, and and our ex our execution on on certain plays, um, you know, weren't there. And you know, that, that that's how you give up a, a breakaway, and then you know, obviously a two-on-zero and and odd-man rushes, and even you know, finishing off the kill and another odd-man rush, right? So um, those odd-man rushes come from from you know lack of execution, and and you know th those things can happen. You guys went through a pretty long stretch, Ryan, where there was a lot of frustrating hockey happening. Uh, what would you say about kind of your ability to, to not fall into that frustration mode and pull yourselves out of it and how important that is? And, and you know, you're obviously maybe at times weren't able to do that tonight, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously being able to fight, fight out of a stretch like that and, and put together a winning streak is is a positive thing for our group. It shows the character that we have in the room, and um, obviously this is just this is one game, and um, we finished off that road trip before the break well, and uh, we were working hard, and uh, tonight uh, there is no lack of effort. It's just uh, like like Zach said. I mean, it's uh, a few mistakes and lack of execution, and it costs us. But I mean, we we know we have uh, the group to be able to bounce back uh, um, quickly, so uh, we have to show that and um, and bring it tomorrow. During a lot of times during that uh, downstretch, you would lose a game and then you'd have to sit on it for four or five days. Is it going to be helpful that, you know, it's basically a playoff mentality for the next uh, 10 or 12 weeks? Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. I think, uh, uh, like you said, there's no time to time to sit around and think on it. Um, I'm going to play eight, uh, 40 games in, in 80 days or 81 days. So, I mean, we're literally playing every second night and um, you, you just, uh, you got to play. I mean, you got to bring it every night and, uh, tonight we didn't, and tomorrow we get another chance. So uh, we got to move on and uh, put our best foot forward tomorrow. Uh, just one for me back here. I'd probably best for, for Ryan. Uh, I just wonder what you thought of the power play tonight. A couple chances, but uh, I know Zach's used the word sloppy. Did, maybe does that kind of categorize the power play as well? Well, I think, like you said, just lack of execution on the power play as well. Um, when, we're, when we're feeling it five on five, and uh, I mean, it translates. On the power play, five on five. I mean, when you're executing, uh, you're executing uh, all over the ice. And uh, tonight, I mean, uh, we had a couple looks on the power play, but um, bottom line is uh, we know that we can be better than that and uh, execute at a higher level. Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. Oilers lose 4-0 to the Golden Knights. Right back at it tomorrow here on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show is at 4.30. The game is at 6. Chicago Blackhawks in town. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.